Thanks for joining us at the Business Growth Cafe, where each week we select from a menu of topics for a focused discussion with an industry expert to provide insights that can impact your business's growth with your host, Angelo Ponzi. Hi, I'm Angelo Ponzi, your host here at the Business Growth Cafe, and thank you for joining me. What makes someone an authority in their field? It's not a certificate. You don't go to school to become an authority figure. You have to earn it. You have to be seen as the go-to person, someone that is respected and sought after in that field. Now, there's a lot of experts you might say are authority figures, but I might argue some of that. Now, we know sometimes we think about business coaches as, as those people with authority that are helping to elevate you. They're experts. We have politicians. We have business leaders. We have all sorts of folks that are seen as authorities that really understand their market, their customers, and what's going on in their world. But how do you get there from someone who's starting out to become an expert in your field, to become the authority figure? Well, today my guest is Simone Vincenzi. You heard me right, and a fellow Italian, Simone Vincenzi. He is the founder and CEO of GTEx. He turns experts into authorities so they can grow their businesses faster, attract clients with ease, and frankly, change the world. How? Well, you're going to have to stay tuned to find out. So we'll be right back with Simone. My company, The Ponzi Group, provides consulting, interim, and fractional marketing and leadership services with a focus on the strategic and analytical side of marketing. We take a holistic approach to driving business growth. Consider us your marketing architects. We use research to gather the necessary insights from your customers, prospects, the competition, and the marketplace to develop fact-based approaches to building effective and efficient growth plans. And, much like a general contractor, we partner with internal teams or carefully selected vetted individuals and organizations to execute the strategies and plans, as well as provide oversight and management to ensure we stay on brand and plan. To learn more about our services, visit theponzigroup.com. As I mentioned, I'm joined by Simone Vincenzi, founder of, and CEO of GTEx, to discuss how to turn experts into sought-after authorities. Simone, welcome. Hey, thank you, Angelo. <laughs> I, I, appreciate, know, I, I appreciate the Italian, the Italian accent there. Yeah, of course, of course. You know what? I, I'm a, I am full-blooded Italian, and... Of course, I, I can't speak a lick of it, but a little bit, but not a lot. And growing up, uh, and my mom told me this, it was a big mistake in, in their lives is that they all talked Italian. So we didn't know what they were saying. And of course, as we got older, we never we never learned uh, Italian. And so when I when I go to Italy, I, I study up, I take all the classes, you know, just enough to get by. But typically what happens is once we're there, we start talking with our hands and it doesn't really matter anymore. So, well, I mean, uh, you know, the, the language is in your uh, is in your brain, but your Italianness is in your blood. You, you yeah, can't you, you can't take it away. So the moment you will be back into your environment, you will start acting all Italian. <laughs> that's right. That's right. My my dad used to say there's only two kinds of people in this world, Italians and people want to be Italians. <laughs> <laughs> so true. <laughs> I love it. I love it. <laughs> oh, funny, funny stuff. Well, it's uh, so thank you for joining me. It's you're in London, I believe, or in England. 
Yeah. Are you in I'm London? London. In London. It's yep. it's four thirty or five thirty there, right about now. Uh, three thirty. Three thirty. Three thirty. I was going to say it's now. time for uh, the afternoon cocktail. Um, <laughs> or you're getting close to it anyway. Uh, unfortunately, if I start drinking at the same time, which is now seven thirty in the morning, uh, yeah, that, that they, they say great for you. They say great for you, and I have a problem. This is exactly. exactly. Right. <laughs> so, um, so thank you. I'm excited about our our conversation today. So to kind of put things in context for the listeners, why don't you kind of talk about what you do and and kind of set this off? So there's a framework when we have this discussion to make it a little more clear to them. Yeah, absolutely. Um, the work that I do is uh, turning experts into authorities. That's the work that we do in our with GTEx with our company. Um, I have uh, also we have in our group of companies other two companies, uh, which is a a sales training for recruitment agencies. Then we have an, a recruitment agency, and as well a um, uh, an investment company where we invest is in uh, smaller businesses to help them grow and and scale and then sell out. But uh, th that's more my business partner that takes care of the other side. I'm focusing on working with uh, small business owners, experts uh, to build their authorities in their field. That's what my passion is. And that's what we do with uh, thousands of clients every single year. Okay, fantastic. And I, and, I, and, I, and I found it kind of simple in a sense, you know, turning experts into a, a thought, giving them authority, I think is what you just said, right? Turning people, making them authority figures, if you will. Exactly. So, so I do want to explore that. And, but I like to ask a few questions just because I, I, I like because I like to ask them, frankly. <laughs> <laughs> That's why you're an interviewer. <laughs> <laughs> so when it when it comes to growing your business, yeah. what keeps you up at night? Um, in a good way or in a bad way? <laughs> Either way. <laughs> because sometimes, you, you know, I, I, sometimes there are moments where I'm, I'm up at night full of gratitude uh, for, um, you know, it can be for the clients that we have uh, or uh, for the achievements that we made in the company or for the teams that we have. And I'm just thinking how blessed I am. Um, and other times <laughs> where there are things that keeps me up at night that uh, are a bit more problematic. Uh, um, I think that uh, for me at the moment, so on a positive way, what keeps me out at night uh, is uh, how blessed we are to have the team that we have. We have people that believe in uh, the company, that believe in the missions that we, in the mission that we have, which is uh, to give people a voice, to give great people the voice to be seen and to be heard. Um, that's uh, the, the mission that we have as a company. And uh, I, I'm just blessed. To, to work with people that they they, they care. They, it's not just a job for them. They care about the mission. They care about the clients. And uh, it's not every company has that. So that's the thing that keeps me up for the blessed part. Uh, if I'm going on the more um, problematic side, um, I think it is more like the, the full transition that we had to make, which we are still making uh, in uh, the online world. Um, because it's not that we were not doing online courses before. Uh, we were already had more than 30 online courses by the time COVID hit. So, But our uh, business was predominantly an event business. Mm -hmm. And uh, we were running 200 events a year. I was uh, doing, uh, I was speaking at least uh, at, at events, at least uh, three times a week minimum. And that's what I love the most. And so... There is a, uh, we had to turn everything online and that transition has been made. But 
I miss I miss speaking on stages. Uh, I'm really looking forward to the moment where I can be on stage again and meet people again because I'm I really miss that. Yeah, that's uh, you know I think that's been one of the biggest problems, if you will, or issues with folks, including myself, that we miss the 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 crowd, so to speak. I mean, I I thrive on speaking in front of groups and. And there was a point in time where I was petrified, and that's another whole podcast which I've talked about in others. But, but once I got hooked, I, I just seek it out. I mean, if someone says, "Hey, I need a speaker," yeah. it's like, "Hey, take me, take uh, me," yeah. because yeah, it's it's wonderful to to be able to persuade. I just did a uh, a workshop yesterday uh, for a startup group. Uh, I've been doing a lot of those lately, talking about you know how to develop a your strategic plan. Mm-hmm. And I had about, I don't know, 50 people on, on the call, but I couldn't see anybody, right? There's no interaction. I can't even see their eyes when mm-hmm, we're talking. And mm-hmm. it, it's it's different. I, I don't know if you found this, but the very first time I had to give a webinar, this was years back. Yeah. And all I was doing was talking to the camera, you know, my screen and a microphone. And I struggled. I struggled mm-hmm. at first. Mm-hmm. I, it took me you know, a little bit to get my stride that I didn't have anybody that I was looking at, right? Yeah, yeah, I agree with you. It happened the same with me. Like I started, you know, over an hour webinar. The first 10 minutes, I was like super excited and I was there, I was ready. After 10 minutes, I was, I was depleted. <laughs> I, I couldn't. Um, it, it is a, a really big work into energy management because, um, you know, when you are a speaker on stage and um, I thrive and I get my energy from the crowd, I get my energy from the reaction that other people make, I get my energy from the feedback that I received, uh, that I receive, not even verbal feedback, but just the energy of the room. And I work with that. And that's what I love the most. And that's what I've uh, learned and trained to to use. And in, in, this is a completely different way where, you know, just like sometimes um, uh, it feels that just like there is a, the energy just going out. Mm-hmm. There yeah. is no receiving back. And I, I'm training myself to learn more. I was actually to receive virtually because I was working with someone, I said, but you know what, like at the end of the day, I don't know if you believe this or not, it can be a bit woo-woo, but everything is energy. Uh, and uh, it doesn't matter if we are in person or not. And so I think that there is a skill as well to be able to tap into the energy of the room, which is virtually, but it's a very different game. Like I, I, I really want to go back on stage. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm online because it's a necessity right now. <laughs> And, you know, and this is we're off we're off we're off course a little bit, but not a lot. But you just said something that I that I believe and I think people listening will benefit. I mean, just because we're not standing in front of you doesn't mean you don't have the same kind of energy and have the same kind of uh, enthusiasm that you would if you're if you're communicating across the table or you're standing in front of 50 people. Right. So you need to psych yourself up. You need to be able to have that conversation and, and I noticed yesterday, for example, once when I started this, because I've now I've done a ton of these, is I was into it. I mean, I, I slid into my personality, my stage personality. Yeah, yeah. And I know they couldn't see me. And I know, you know, we're well, I can see you while we're talking today. We're not actually recording video. 
but you know, you're seeing my hands fly up. We can right? we can see each other. We can see each other. I'm talking with my hands, and 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 so I really prefer that. And I remember the first podcast I did just on the telephone, and it was brutal. It was absolutely brutal because there was just no feedback. So, what is the best business advice you've ever received? I love this. Uh, best business advice I've ever received. Uh, is comes from a, an Hungarian man, uh, which uh, almost saved my life. And uh, let me tell you how it happened. Yeah, there is, there's a story here. There is a story here, and then I'll tell you the advice. <laughs> uh, I was a 23, I think, 22, 23. And uh, I split up with my girlfriend. So we're supposed to go and live together. She moved to another side of the UK. So I quit my, I was building my business, but I was on a, uh, having a part-time job to pay my bills because I wasn't making any money at the time. And so I quit my part-time job to follow her and to the Southwest of England. Uh, the night before we have a call and we split up. Now, half of my stuff at her place, about six hours train away from London, and uh, I don't have enough money to pay a deposit for a new house. Because, you know, when you're moving to a new, even in your room, then you pay a deposit and you pay your month of rent. I didn't have that. Um, I needed to buy my fruit and vegetables, so I go to my organic fruit and veg shop. And uh, I've been shopping at that shop for a couple of years. And uh, I tell the owner of the shop and I ask them, like, do you have any, can I get a part-time job here? Like, this is my situation at the moment. So any help is appreciated. Uh, and he said, you know what? I have a room in my house. Uh, why don't you come and live with me? And then, uh, and he was already sharing other rooms with others. Why don't you come and live in my place? And then you pay me when you have the money. I was like, huh? Wow. Huh? <laughs> Thank you. And yes, <laughs> two <laughs> days later, I moved in and then he had a problem with uh, with his leg and uh, it was creating a, it was uh, doing a tomato festival mm -hmm. uh, where we were growing more than a thousand different plants of tomato on the rooftop of his shop and uh, it was watering one by one and he couldn't water them anymore. So my entrepreneurial spirit said something. I said, you know what, how about I water your plants? And I work in your shop a couple of days a week for you. And then in exchange, I get the rent. How would it work for you? I said, yes. And uh, I worked in that shop for about three years. And that allowed me to build my company because I was living rent-free. And I was there at the shop. I was learning business skills because he was a great businessman, incredible businessman. And uh, he built his business, literally, from it was this shop. From the side, it was the side of a pub and the other side of a tunnel. And there was this hole and they built with pallets because it was a builder as well. It built this, this or shop that then became from nothing one of the top 10 most loved shops in London from time out. Wow. And how did he build that? With this advice, which was build your community and your community will build your business. So wow. it was build your community first. That. And then your community will build your business. And I'll tell you more on this because he, um, what he was doing, I mentioned he was doing this tomato festival. So he was getting the children to come to the shop and plant the plants and the tomato and the tomato plants. 
Then we were doing a festival. We were closing an entire road where the families were coming back and getting the tomato plants from the kid with the kids. But guess who were then the customers that were coming to the shop uh, throughout the year? It's the families that now had this relationship with the shop and buying their plants and their vegetables there. But on top of that, guess uh, what brands they were the seeds they were planting. He got his own brands of seed called Happy Seeds for Children. So that was also a big promotion for his seeds. Brilliant, brilliant businessman. And he said, don't worry about building your business. Build your community. The community will build your business. And that's what we did with GTEx. I, I, I love that. Uh, I actually wrote that down. I don't write many stuff things down. I wrote that one down. So thank you for that. That that is that is actually great advice. And and you know, in defining the community, of course, and, and whatever that happens to be for an individual. And and mm-hmm. and part of it too, I think, is what you're doing with your business and and turning experts into people of authority. I mean, really, it's about community building, right? Exactly. I mean, the name the name of GTEx is uh, growing together exponentially. That's what GTEx stands for. And togetherness is at the core of everything. Communities at the core of everything. Everything we do is together uh, because we believe that together we can achieve more than what we can do on our own. And so you have communities that are based on uh, egos where there are leaders that is like, look at me and look at what I'm doing. And uh, while well, our community is set up in a very different way. And we're like, you know, there are stuff that I'm good at and stuff that I suck at. Let's all come together yeah. <laughs> and achieve... <laughs> What we couldn't achieve on our own. Uh, literally, all of our staff members and team members, they, they, they were clients before. They were part of our community first. And then uh, we become business partners, become partners in uh, team members. Um, our coaches that we hire, they're all part of our community. So it's a brilliant environment. I love that. Oh, wow. Yeah, that, that's, that's fantastic. So I want to kind of get into it now. But I have one more question, actually. If your journey, you just kind of laid out your journey for, to me and how you got started. And if that journey was a book, what would the title be? Ha! <clears throat> huh. oh, no one ever asked me this question. That's a good one. If that journey was a book, what would the title be? I'm not sure now. I mean, uh, I would go from, uh, I like the, the, the keeping the theme of from expert to authority. But when I started, I wasn't an expert. Uh, so I, I'll be like uh, from <laughs> from nothing to authority. <laughs> Probably that if I got to use the for the from to. Well, actually, I, I, I like the community aspect and, and it's and, and what played in my head was the tomato seeds and planting the seed to, to build uh, your community kind of thing. Right? I like that. I right. like that, too. Plant, planting, the, planting the seeds of your community, planting the seeds of greatness. I don't know. I don't know. We'll, we'll work on that. Um, before we get started, though, I, ha- I, I have a question for you. Mm-hmm. Another question. What do you call someone who speaks three languages? Uh, uh, I know the term in Italian, uh, a polyglotta. Okay. <laughs> or three, 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 glotta. Three glotta. Okay. Someone who speaks uh, uh, two languages? Um, du- du- duoling- duolingual. Du- duolingual. Yeah, yeah, it can be duolingual. Yeah. What do you call someone who speaks one language? Monolingual. American. American. <laughs> <laughs> That's so true. 
<laughs> this is so true. It is true, isn't it? All right. Or, or, or uh, I can say British as well. <laughs> you guys are in the same boat. <laughs> we were at one point in time, but we kicked their ass. All right, true. here we go. <laughs> um, so when you talk about the journey to become and really get authority in, in the community, we'll say, you talk about that there's kind of force pillars, if you will. Yep. And so you, you mentioned clarity, high converting, uh, expanding and influence. So let's let's talk about those and dig into what those are. And and we'll talk about how you get there. Right. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, these are the four pillars that we have developed as part of our methodology, which is the GTEx method. And the reason why we developed this methodology is because we had a, a lot of people like I, I really studied a lot of great business owners and um, the pillars of business and one and business is not easy. You know, there are so many pieces of the puzzle. Mm-hmm. And one of the things I'm good at uh, is uh, one of the few things I'm good at is uh, synthesize, is take complex principles and make them simple. And so I looked at what makes it really the foundation of business and you have your clarity. So you know where you're going, because if you don't know where you're going, then <laughs> you're just getting up chasing your tail or chasing every single shiny object that is out there. So you have your roadmap, you have your, your path to your business success. Then we are moving, now that you have that clarity, we are moving to the second pillar, which is a conversion, because that's anything related to getting client, because if you don't have a way to predictably get clients over and over again, your business will never grow. You might have good month, you might have a, a bad month like any business, but it's not predictable. And you cannot uh, understand what makes a good month and what, uh, what can you do to replicate the process over and over again. And then we are looking at the third pillar, which is expansion. Now that you have a, 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 conver- a high converting process, then it's time to expand your audience. And this is a mistake that a lot of people make because uh, building your audience is sexy right now. You know, you're looking at the influencers. Mm-hmm. They are there. They're getting paid money. Social media is like it's about numbers and the people that are following you. So it is, it is sexy. It is the sexy part of business. However, you can have a, a big audience. But if you don't have your clarity and conversion in place, you're making any money. So you have a great front of the store. But then at the back of the store, there are no customers <laughs> and the cashier is empty. And so that's why, first of all, we need to build the clarity and the conversion. And then we can look at, okay, how now we amplify the work that we are doing with expanding our audiences, knowing that if we expand our audiences, we are going to have even more, even more clients. Mm-hmm. And then we are looking at the fourth pillar, which is influence. So now that we have have the foundation of the audience, we have the conversion processes, we know where we are going in terms of building and scaling the business, then it's time to build your influence. Uh, because uh, if you build your influence, it's going to be easier to attract joint venture partnerships. It's going to be easier to attract opportunities. It's going to be easier to attract higher paying clients. And uh, we are in business I mean, in life, but in business, uh, business is a part of life. We are in the perception game. You know, the, the, the more um, people, the more influential people will perceive you, the, the easier it's going to be for them to say, I want to buy from you. Right. Uh, well, they, once, they, once they perceive you, that perception, if it's the right perception, becomes their reality. and that's... Becomes their reality, and then it's up to you to back it up. 
because <laughs> of course there are some people that just focus on building that perception and then you explore a bit deeper <laughs> and there ain't much there so <laughs> yeah 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 then uh, of course you need to have substance i i think uh, um you know as i it, it, just for kind of re- reminding the audience because i talked about this in the opening but i mean you're you're really your clients are coaches who want to become better coaches right uh, yeah, uh, they're coaches, speakers, trainers, or experts in their field. Um, I wouldn't say they want to become better coaches. They want to have a, a better business. Better because business. Because uh, okay. we are not working on uh, – we are working with people that are already good at what they're doing. So my role is not to help them become better at what they're doing. That's their own role. My role is to help them understand the business dynamics and uh, implement their knowledge in, in their business so that more they can make a bigger impact. Okay. You know, if, if you are great at what you're doing and no one knows it, who cares? <laughs> who cares? <laughs> um, so I, I love this, this, these pillars and I, I work with pillars too, but the, the one that, that really struck me and, and we can go into a little bit more of these, but the one that, that really I find as a, as a business owner and I'm a small business and I think I'm good at what I do and people tell me I'm good at what I do. And, and I've owned businesses, but I had lots of employees and I, you know, now I'm kind of a, I just have a few people that, that I work with on a regular basis, but in, in mar- even marketing myself, it's that, uh, the ability to replicate the new business process. I mean, I, I, I work on, I have set things that I do. I do this podcast, I do social media, I do newsletters, I do emails, I do blogs, I, I, I do all these things yeah. to build my position and authority. But it's it's that kind of that replication of, here's how I got this business, can I replicate that to get the next piece of business? And and a lot of times you go, yes, yes, no, that didn't work at all, and then you, then you flip it and you change it. So. Let's talk about that a little bit, because I think that's really important, that ability to identify so you're converting, your conversions are much higher than, than, because a lot of times what we're doing is we're selling ourselves, we're not selling a product per se, right? We're, We're selling us. Yeah, um, there are a few parts of this process uh, when you're talking about replicating, because uh, you have the client attraction process to replicate, and then you have the client conversion process to replicate, which are two distinct part of the process. And my recommendation to everyone is to excel at at least uh, in those two categories at one thing. One thing that you are incredibly good at doing it to attract new people, and one thing that you're incredibly good at doing to convert new people. Because a lot of uh, businesses, what they do, they try a bit of everything, but they never master one specific thing. And of course, having multiple conversion strategies or multiple attraction points is better in the long term, but not at the beginning. I um, I give you an example. Um, now, I, I knew I mastered the art of getting clients from speaking on stages. I did more than a thousand events <laughs> to get there. Right, so I became really good at it. And all I was doing was finding events to speak at and speak at events. I knew where I was going, which came back from the clarity that I had in what I want to have is a predominantly speaking based business where I'm running my own events and I'm speaking at other events to sometimes to fill up my own events or fill up my programs. And that's the client attraction point. So which means that I had to become really good at building relationships with event organizers, having a profile that was attractive to event organizers, 
it means that I had to become really good at having presentations that event organizers wanted to feature in front of their audience. And it meant that I needed to become really good at presenting so that they would recommend me to other event organizers and not say, no, like we had Simone once, we don't want that person anymore. So that's on the client attraction side. So you can see that even when you're looking at one thing, now you have micro skills that you need to master in order to do that. And then we have the conversion process. So I knew that the first thing I became really good at is to convert clients via consultations, becoming really good at selling one-to-one. That was the first step. Then I became really good at selling one-to-many, which then I used in seminars and then I applied also to webinars. And that was the conversion process that I mastered. Now, this is now a different environment where I had to ma- I'm now mastering more skills, which is uh, filling up webinars, building partnerships online, which is a different game than the offline space. It's a very different game because uh, the attention that people have is different. So now I'm learning and mastering a new set of skills. And uh, that's when we are talking about the, the, the focus of becoming really good at it. Now, from that foundation, then we can say, okay, What can I do to scale up? And that's where we can invest our time and money in learning other skills or hiring other people to take other parts of it. So, for example, I have no interest in learning how to do properly Facebook ads. I can do the basics of it. I can do a lot of stuff with Facebook ads. But doing Facebook ads and doing, (laughs) really doing Facebook Mm -hmm. ads is a different game. So I'm finding someone else to help me scale that part of the business. And uh, um, I think that if you are clear about your first attraction and conversion points, then it becomes easier to see, okay, what parts of the process do I need to replicate? Uh, Because uh, if I'm now going back to the example of events, as I mentioned, I needed to become good at building a relationship with organizers. I needed to become good at finding events. I need to become good at the presentation. So now I'm at sourcing the finding events. I'm outsourcing the connecting with event organizers. I'm outsourcing the um, getting people, other people to convert at events. So I'm not the only one there, but I'm now training other people that can convert at other events and they can speak on behalf of my company. So that, I, I don't know if that answered your question. It was a very yeah, long answer. But. Yeah, it is a long answer, but 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 it, there's a methodology to it, and and you have to master it first before you can teach someone else how to do it. And 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 I agree. I mean, I I've, um, when I actually when I first started the podcast, I had someone else who helped me do pieces of it. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm kind of doing it all myself right now, but that alleviated once they understood what I was looking for and what I needed. I didn't have to yeah. take care of that. And the same thing with for a while, I was using someone to help me identify guests. We talk, kind of guess who I want. Mm-hmm. Here's the kind of the people. Go find them for me, yeah. vet them for me, and then let's talk and we'll bring them into the show because that's you know it's, I'm I should be doing other things. It's time, right? We only have so much time, and um, and I do like to sleep a little bit, not much, but a little bit. <laughs> a few hours a night. Yeah, a few hours. Yeah, yeah. One of the things that you mentioned, um, kind of in in in, in the program is, is, you know, getting this exposure and you talked about, you know, getting, you know, writing articles, getting published in, in the news and in the media, doing TV shows, you know, to help establish you as authority figure. Mm-hmm. And I'm not sure about in, in, in London, but here in the United States, the kind of the public relations industry has changed dramatically because of 
technology and digital transformation. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's, it's become much more difficult in the sense to get yourself published, get yourself on some of these, these vehicles. Yeah. So what's a, what's a, what, what's the methodology that you use to help, you know, build yourself that way. I, and I, cause I remember when I was in the action sports industry, I had a research company and I was the only person with all the data. Mm-hmm. So everybody wanted it. So it was really easy because I was very, you know, I had something that was very specialized. So, I mean, whether it was, and we were getting on television and, you know, Fortune Magazine and Business Week and Sports Illustrated, that was, I mean, it was great stuff. It was all numbers, but all great stuff. But now, you know, it becomes much more difficult to, to get to that point where someone is seeking you out for that to be on the show. So I'm going to turn, so what's your approach, my friend? Uh, What's my approach? Uh, um, I'm going to first the building on the general and then going on the specific uh, on the, the publication side because building your profile uh, a lot of people just uh, um, have the idea that is uh, either going on television or going on publication and they talk a lot about the media part but building your profile is a more a much more a 360 degrees approach uh, um, to build that perception because that's what we are building is that perception or how we want other people to see us. Um, and uh, there are four areas. Uh, um, again, I like the number four. I don't know why. But there are four areas in which we work with our clients on this way. And uh, um, one is uh, association, where we are looking at association with uh, other industry leaders or association with other established brands. Uh, then we have uh, uh, speaking, which is uh, speaking on other platforms virtually and uh, uh, in person which builds your authority. Then we have publications and media, and then uh, awards as well. So the awards that we win to create that buzz. And these are the four things that when done together, then they create that perception, which makes then everything else easier because one of the areas then will feed into the next one and will feed Mm -hmm. into the next one and will feed into the next one. No, you speak at an event, it's easier to get into a publication. You And uh, you get into a publication, it's easier to win an award. Uh, it's easier to win an award and get into a publication, it's easier to create a partnership with an established brand or established influencer. So it all comes together. Now, how much of, how much of this do you teach versus your company does on behalf of your clients? Uh, we teach. We don't do you it. We're not, yeah, we're not a PR agency uh, because... Um, uh, we believe uh, in uh, giving our clients uh, the tools to create their own relationships. Um, you know, when you hire a PR agency, is a great concept. Now, there are two big problems. Uh, problem one is that uh, no features are ever guaranteed. So you can pay like, literally tens of thousands of dollars a month, a PR agency, and mm-hmm. sometimes you get nothing. Sometimes you get some, and some great stuff, but sometimes you get nothing. And so business, small businesses cannot afford a PR agency. Um, the second problem is that uh, the moment you stop paying the PR agency, they got all the contacts. So you're back from square <laughs> square one. Yeah. Well, I believe that uh, you should build as a business owner, your biggest assets are, are your networks, in, your networks in the media, your network with other influencers, uh, and there's a relationship that you personally build. So no matter where other people go, if they change company, and so on, then you can leverage them over and over again without having to pay a PR agency. It takes longer to build those connections, 
but then is more creates more longevity in the relationship and in your business. So mm-hmm. that's why we, we teach instead of doing it for them. Okay, you know what you what you're describing is something I talk about all the time is for business owners is to focus on their business, not just in their business, right? So there's a percentage of time that what you're describing is what I say is you have to spend whatever that time is each week working on developing those relationships, for example, as opposed to out either working the business or doing things that are the day-to-day activities that kind of move things along. But there is a, a huge investment because back to your clarity point, if you don't know where you're going, you're just, you know, you're just wandering around and, and uh, you know, that, the journey is never a straight line, but at least, you know, you're not following the yellow brick road, so to speak. No, um, following the yellow brick road, the purple brick road, the blue brick yeah. road, the black brick road, the white brick road, all that. <laughs> so um, when when someone comes to you, obviously, ultimately, they, they want to do a better job in building their business and, and ultimately monetizing that business. Do you get into kind of different aspects of how people should structure their fees in a sense, or is that really up to the individual? Um, like fee is a, like the, the, <laughs> there is always the question, how much should I charge? I'm sure you mm-hmm. get this question a lot oh. of the time. <laughs> how much shall I charge? And price uh, is it, just such a subjective <laughs> environment because it not only depends on your target market of um, like what's their financial ability, Depends on what's your positioning in your industry. If you want to be positioned as a high-end brand, a middle-end brand, a low-end brand, in terms of price points, uh, if you, uh, it depends on your confidence in what you do and your ability to showcase results and deliver those. It becomes on the relationship as well that you have with money. You know, some people that, in particular, they, they sell their product or services. Uh, the the how much they value themselves as individual will reflect on how much they will be comfortable to charge. Uh, When I started, I wasn't confident in my skills because I started out. My background was in the catering industry as any good Italian. I I had my coaching diplomas at 22-year-old and no one told me that people will not buy life coaching from a (laughs) (laughs) 22-year-old for obvious (laughs) reasons. And so I started working in schools. And I remember the first client I had, I mean, for me, it was a stretch getting paid uh, £30 an hour. And now I charge 2000 an hour, and uh, it feels it's a bargain for the person I have in front of me. So uh, it is a very personal relationship. So I think that to, to, uh, un- to understand the pricing of the company and what you're charging, it needs to consider all these different factors together and then come up with a price. And the and everything in particular, the beginning is a test. Um, you're testing your price, and then you're seeing if people are going to say yes, if people are going to say no. How are you feeling about that price when you're pitching it? So, I, I think too, a part of it is about rigidity, right? This is my price, and it's my price. Take it or leave it. Mm-hmm. Versus, you know, sometimes we're working with bigger businesses. They can handle bigger fees. They expect to pay those bigger fees. But then when you, sometimes you're dealing with startups or small businesses that don't have a lot of money. I mean, recently I was introduced to a company. Uh, they were like a got a 25-year-old company, but they were still small. They acted mm-hmm. like they were a small business. Yeah. And 
but I charged them my regular fees. And of course I didn't win the business because that was outrageous to them. Yeah. And I, I didn't make, I was going after 30 years, they needed help and they're going to get all my expertise versus 30 years. They're still small. They don't have a lot of money. They're probably tight. And I can make the decision to offer some kind of reduction in fees in order to get the business to help them grow. So uh, I had to learn the hard way. And I think a lot of people do. Uh, why don't you tell absolutely. me? Yeah. Why don't you tell me a story? Tell me, a, a, pick a client. Tell me some great success story that you've had. Oh, we had a lot, fortunately. <laughs> uh, which one can I pick? Uh, okay, um, let's pick this client, um, uh, Yelena. Absolutely, Yelena Radonich. Uh, she is uh, brilliant. She's a career consultant. That's the, the work that she does. And uh, when we started working together, uh, she was contracting for another company. And uh, she wanted, uh, she knew that uh, she was really good at what she was doing. And uh, she could charge way more and uh, not having her company getting paid, uh, you know, 3000 to 7000 a contract for her to get only 200, 300 pounds mm. of, of the full contract for the delivery. And so she said, no, you know what? I would love to have my own, my own business and my own clients. So we set up working together. And the step number one was to make the transition and having enough one-to-one -one clients from uh, re going and dropping all our contracts so then she could only focus on building her business. And that took about a year and a half for that transition to, to happen fully. And then she said that then she was uh, too busy with one-to-one -one clients. So we would looked at uh, creating more leverage programs. Uh, now that she had uh, her own case studies, her own testimonial, her own proven methodology of work, because she had a non-compete with the other company, so she couldn't use the material of the other company. She had to rebuild her own intellectual property from scratch, which then takes time. Mm -hmm. Then we worked on the creation of a group program. And she filled the group program as well. That took another year uh, to run in different rounds of the group program while still working the one-to-one -one clients. And now that she has a full of one-to-one -one clients, full of group program, now we are going to launch a, a members area uh, that she's launching at the moment uh, and uh, going more for scalability. And I, I think uh, the reason why I pick Yelena, it is because uh, we work with a lot of people that follow that same journey. And that's what we, what we are really good at, uh, making helping people, making them transition and then helping them scale at some point. Uh, but the, um, the, the turning point, the bigger lesson here is uh, the timings of what to do. Because a lot of people, they would start right now or a lot of businesses and probably in the consulting or coaching space, that's the industry I operate in. Um, they get uh, blindsided by, oh, I need to have a membership site. You know, a lot of people that can buy 37 pound a month or dollars a month and so on. But you need, first of all, you need to have a lot of people to make any money <laughs> that are going yeah, through for it. Sure. That's for sure. And secondly, your churn rate. If you have, you will have a drop-off rate of people that cancel. So is your business big enough? Is your audience big enough to keep getting people in to replace those ones? And that's what people don't think about. And while my recommendation is to start charging immediately from the higher ones, build your business with the higher fees, and then going and scaling with the lower-end programs. A lot of people, they do the other way around because they think it's easier. And then they get stuck because they don't have enough cash flow to then... <laughs> 
build the rest because you need a lot of people to get any margins from a 37 pound or dollar offer. Yeah, it, it's hard. I when I, I mentioned I was in the uh, the action sports industry and and so we sold syndicated research studies literally around the world and and we had a nice business. But we'd run into people say, ah, oh, you really only want to talk about skateboard decks, for example, or, or T-shirts. And so we started creating programs, and I forget what we called it, something trends. And and so for $249 a year, we would put, give them access to a membership site, and they would be able to go in and get data, pieces of data, yeah. not enough that, you know, they gave too much away. And so that, but to your point, that was grueling to try to build any kind of volume out of it. It almost came to the point we actually killed it about four years into it because we were spending more time and in turn dollars making the program try to work versus the people that were paying for it. So we, we went top down, but we just didn't have that traction. And, and it probably a little bit about the industry. Um, uh, and, and so it, it's very difficult to your point to make a lot of money if your, your products are $30 a pop, yeah, right? Uh, and uh, it, it requires volume. So either you have the volume of people that can buy or not. Like I have a friend of mine and she has a great business and she sells in the front end a $27 product. Um, it's not how she started, first of all. She already built a, a larger audience. She had more than 100,000 followers uh, when she launched it. And uh, uh, But that's her main focus. That's her main business. And she's making a killing with a $27 offer. But it requires a lot of consistent work and a lot of building new audiences because uh, that's your client. That's mm -hmm. how much they're mm -hmm. paying. It's $27 or another $30. But if you get someone that pays you $5,000 or $10,000 or $20,000, I'll have that. <laughs> yeah, I'll yeah, have yeah. Less work and, and, and higher margin. You know, you talked about, we talked about, you know, converting and expanding and influencing. And one of the things you mentioned, and I, I meant to grab it back there and really kind of centers around social media yeah. is, is, is having lots of people see your stuff. Like, you know, I'll do a post sometimes. And I, I mean, I literally did one the other day. I don't know, 18, 1900 people that mm -hmm. clicked like on it, but I don't, and that's wonderful. I love that. Thank you very much. But if I could only get a small percentage of them to click to my website and, you know, buy something or engage with me, that's different. So, I mean, there's kind of this community building and, and utilizing social media. People have this tendency to want to go, yeah, I like it. I like it. I like it. Or thumbs up or whatever it happens to be, but they don't do anything with it. Sure. And since we don't necessarily know who they all are or, or a way to communicate directly, you know, it's, it, it's not kind of the, engine if you will that's going to drive but i would imagine it's part of the authority building it is part of the authority building but if it stops there is uh, it's still like as i mentioned you have a great front end of your shop and nothing yeah. is happening uh, behind this inside the shop and and i love using the analogy of actually shops in um, in the social media world because i think it's something that people can understand well uh, your social media platforms and your profiles on social media are the front of the shop Every single social media platform is like a different window of the same shop where people can see, have a look, and stop and look at. So every time you get an engagement, like, or a comment, so every time someone, for example, like sees your post, that view is someone that is walking on the high street, just looking at it, and then moving past. 
when you get a like, if someone has, uh, basically says to a friend, hey, yo, uh, have you <laughs> uh, look at that, I, I like that, <laughs> right? Or they say to themselves, I like that. When, when you get a comment, is someone that stops and says, oh, I really, really like that. When you get a share, is someone having to call one of our friends and say, hey, you need to come down and look at it. But then if then the game is then to say, now that you have all these people that have walked in front of your shop, now is your responsibility on doing something with it. And that's what people don't do. Uh, and that's why the social media don't work. So is then interacting and engaging with that person that gives a like, interacting and engaging with that person that gives them a comment. Mm-hmm. Having a conversation, getting someone inside the shop, in this case, is the messaging platform. That's why every social media has a private messaging platform. You have Messenger on Facebook. You have LinkedIn messages. You have private messages on Instagram. Because now you want them to come come in. So when in the messaging platform, now they are in the shop and you can have a private conversation. And so the game of social media on the front end is to get people to raise their hand and say, oh, I like that. I'm interested. And then say, hey, do you want to learn more or do you want more? Now let's engage in a conversation. And that's what real the magic of social media happens is behind the scene is not on the front end. Yeah. Got great analogy. I love that. I'm probably going to steal it, by the way. <laughs> go um, ahead. <laughs> as long as you quote me, go ahead. <laughs> I will. I will. Yeah. You know, there's uh, I, I had a guest on uh, last year who who t- his whole book was about uh, Glenn Tapersky was about making gut decisions and the and the kind of the unintended consequences of making those gut decisions. And I and I actually quote him all the time. I've used him in articles and here I just said him again on this podcast. Um, you said some great nuggets, my friend, that I'm going to be using uh, and I will definitely give you credit for. One of the things you said, though, in in describing your success with with your client is, man, that that was that wasn't like 30 days or 60 days. That was over years. So what's a typical time and, and how do people engage? I mean, so you're not obviously talking to her. I think it was a her every day for three years or four years. So how does a typical timeline in, in this process work for typical? This is, this is, a, this is an interesting concept, uh, an interesting question. And uh, that's why I never go with, uh, this is what you will achieve in this amount of time with me. Because the reality is, I don't know. And, every, and any business mentor and any business coach that says, you know what, if you are working to meet with me for two months, you are gonna get this result. How are they going to have a crystal ball? Like results, they depend on so many factors on sometimes the timing, how many people are going to see this thing, their personal journey. Everyone is their own personal journey. Mm-hmm. So what uh, we guarantee to our clients uh, is that they are going to have that ready. So we are going to guarantee if we are working with them on creating an offer, they're going to have the offer ready. If you're going to work with them to build a profile, they're going to have the profile ready. And then we say we will work with you until you get there because uh, everyone has their own journey. I had clients that made, uh, I had a clients we did a launch uh, a few days ago, like we are sitting in the middle of the launch, very first online program on $37. I think we, we probably reached the $100,000 by the end of the week if we keep going this way. That's a great result, $100,000, right? In a week, that's awesome. And then I have clients that I work with for two years and they got a few clients because uh, they had to go through a personal journey of themselves 
to become confident in their product, become learn about marketing, learn about selling, learning about running a business, testing the offer, running it again, and then something happened in their personal life. Someone, someone dies, someone happens. We have no control over this. So um, I, I would love to say, work with me. I'm going to change your life. <laughs> the reality is, yes, it's going to change your life. I don't know how long it's going to take. Um, but what we can say that we will be there throughout the process. And with the process, there will come results. And um, we have programs where we work with our clients for a month. We have programs we work with our clients for six months. We have programs we work with our clients for a year. And we have programs where our uh, um, selling point is uh, we will work with you until you get these results that we established at the beginning. And we will not stop until you get there. And that's one of our promises. So that's my philosophy around this. Well, it, it, and I get asked this all the time. I, you know, it's like, what can you guarantee me? As I can guarantee I'll show up. I mean, I, I, I can't dictate what's going to happen. It, you know, and, and, and I, I was being facetious one time with a, with a client because he was asking me about guarantees. And I said, here's how I can guarantee. I need your job. I need to become the CEO to run the entire company, to do things the way I think they should be done. And I get to tell everybody how to make it happen. And he looked at me and said, well, that's ridiculous. And I said, but that's the only way I can guarantee that what I suggest gets done because so many times we lay out these plans and these strategies and somewhere along the way, somebody decides not to follow it sure. and then they don't get the results they want. And they say, well, see, that didn't work. So no, it was working fine. You didn't actually follow the plan, mm-hmm. right? That clarity. We spent all this time getting clarity on where we were going to go. And then somebody decided to take a left instead of taking the right when they were supposed to. Uh, that's uh, true. And, uh, and I think that's where people get attached to false expectations. Uh, because they buy on into false promises of uh, dreams that uh, you know they, they can happen and I had plenty of results with clients that built from zero a quarter of a million pound business in a couple of years uh, um, or a six-figure business in six months I have a lot of these but also I have a lot of others that uh, they are taking their time and there is nothing wrong with one or the other is uh, everyone has their own journey I take uh, me four and a half years to make my first six figures. Um, <laughs> <so> <laughs> I had my own journey. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, and we all do. We've all, you know, we all learn from those. And, you know, it's, I remember somebody said to me one time, they, they said, Bell, you do a lot of, you know, marketing and I see you everywhere and you're always out doing things. And so I, I'm, I'm taking my own advice. I mean, if, if, if you don't know who I am and you don't see my stuff and yet I'm telling some client to do the same thing, um, you know, you have to practice what you preach, right? There is no integrity there and you have it. Yeah. So, Moni, this has been a, a wonderful conversation. I, I, I'm looking here at the clock. We're, we've certainly uh, uh, have spent a lot of time together. I, it went by so quick. It was, it's been really fun talking to you and some great insights. I, I truly, I, I've made several notes here that uh, I will attribute to you, but I, I think you've had some great insights and certainly you, um, I can understand how people will hire you to help them move along the way. Uh, I, pr- it, I appreciate it. And, uh, you know, you asked the question. So <laughs> uh, <laughs> the quality of the interview most of the time is because of the interviewer. <laughs> well, I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, I did. We've had some did fun agree. and some laughs. And uh, for all of you folks out there that, that you know, do decide that you want to be uh, as cool as us and become Italian, just let us know. We'll, we'll help convert you. Um, 
<laughs> I cannot, I cannot, I can I don't have a program for that. <laughs> no, we need to work on that. We need to work on that. Maybe, maybe it would be a better world if we were just the all Italian. The, the Italian stallion. I don't <laughs> There you go. <laughs> so, uh, Simone, why don't you tell the listeners about how they can contact you, your websites and all that good stuff. Yeah, absolutely. So um, to find, uh, we have a lot of free resources that we have built. Uh, we have resources on how to get featured on publications or how to build offers that sell. Um, we have a full assessment as well on uh, uh, assessing where you are and finding your priorities in your business uh, as an expert in your field. Uh, so you can go on my personal website, which is uh, uh, Simone V. So it's a Simone, uh, S-I-M-O-N-E-V dot co uh, dot co and that's the website so www.simonev dot co and then you can find all the free resources there on the front page um we have also podcast uh, if you if you listen to podcasts uh, like this one i'm assuming you like podcasts so why don't you jump and see our definitely angelo you're gonna be one of my guests i want to know more about you and your story uh so the the podcast is explode your expert biz show so it's explode your expert biz show and then one more place uh, if you are on facebook and you want to connect a bit more in the work that we do and join our community we have a free community uh it's called explode your expert biz community which you can find on facebook so is that the place where you can find me all right, fantastic. And the and the company is called GTEx. 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 Exactly. So GTEx or GTEx. 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 Depending, if I pronounce it, it might sound like GTEx. <laughs> <laughs> well, so morning. Thank you so much. I really appreciate you joining me at the cafe today, and and thank you, listeners out there. This has been a fun conversation. I hope you really benefit from it. Now, if your business needs a CMO or a senior level marketing uh, person, but you're not quite ready for a full-time person yet, connect with me to find out more about my fractional interim or consulting services. You can visit theponzigroup.com and you can find a variety of resources there as well, videos, blogs, eBooks, all sorts of uh, great information, or certainly connect with me on LinkedIn. And lastly, if you're a subscriber to this show, thank you so much. But I encourage you to let others know and get them to learn about the show and subscribe so they can benefit from the great content like we heard today. You can join me and find out more at thebusinessgrowthcafe.com or subscribe on any podcast platform you like to listen to. And please join me next week at the Business Growth Cafe. And Simone, thank you so much. Thank you, Angela. Thank you for listening to today's discussion at the Business Growth Cafe with your host, Angelo Ponzi. Take a moment to subscribe to this podcast and visit our website at www.businessgrowthcafe.com. Read Angelo Ponzi's blogs at www.theponzigroup.com.